is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For this episode, I chat with Marty Cummings, and we talk about drag, leadership, kindness, and work-life balance, and so much more. So I hope you enjoy this part one with Marty Cummings. We're back. I'm Clayton Howe, and today with me on Zoom is Marty Cummings. Marty, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much uh, for having me. Happy uh, New Year. <laughs> it's 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 new something. <laughs> um, new of the same, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm so excited to chat with you. So much has happened over the last few years with everything you do as a, a leader, an uplifter, a community organizer, and of course, you know, drag. I have so many questions, but before we get to more current stuff, I want to go back to the beginning of time for you. What were your entertainment dreams growing up? Oh my God. Um, <laughs> it wasn't drag and that's not a negative to drag. I just didn't know about drag when I was a kid, you know, like I, I it, it wasn't like on my vision board of being a performer. Uh, I moved to New York when I was 17 and it was to, because I wanted to be a, I was a theater kid, you know? Um, uh, and then I like very accidentally stumbled into um, drag. What was that transition? Did you grow? You grew up in a, a rather rural town, and <laughs> coming to the Upper West yeah, Side. Yeah, I mean the the um, the town that I'm from, you know, is in the middle of nowhere. There's like one traffic light. Uh, very small. Um, sorry, I was just waiting for the car to go by outside. No worries. Um, very very small. So. When I moved to New York, uh, I moved two weeks after graduating high school to the Upper West Side. So it was a huge transition going from like hearing crickets chirping outside and like bullfrogs like making noise. That was like the extent of the door. You know, mm -hmm. that's what people put on their like Spotify to fall asleep to. Like that's <laughs> what I I had in my backyard. And, and you know, and then moving to, you know, New York City. So it, it was, it, oh, sorry. Um, no worries. So it was a, 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 yeah, a big transition. But now it's you know I, I I like the sound of like garbage trucks going by at night. <laughs> was the yeah right? Is the and all the sirens of the world? Yeah. Is there um pursuing theater and entertainment in general? Was that on your own? Was there a lot of support from the family and the town you you came from? What was that balance on finding your path and going your way? You know, it was so interesting. Like I I was always into theater. Um, I always loved performing. Um, like I remember like this is, I think a lot of people have this answer as their like first show they saw. Uh, but the, the first show that I really saw when I was a kid that got me excited about theater was I saw a local community theater production of Annie. And I was like, Oh my God, I want to do that. And then I remember seeing, um, uh, I always reference Annie, but I should reference this one also. Uh, shortly after that show, I went to see a production of um, Peter Pan that just like blew me away. Like I remember the crocodile coming down the aisle and Captain Hook coming down the aisle and being like five years old and being like, oh, Captain Hook is right next to me. Oh my God. You know, like terrified that Captain Hook was right next to me. And, um, but also being like, oh, I want to do that. Like, I want to, I want to play. I want to, I want to participate. Yeah. So I got involved in the local theater and, and did their, you know, summer programs and all of that stuff. The only thing that I didn't do, my parents put me in like, you know, voice lessons because I wanted it and, you know, acting classes, but they never got me dance 
classes. And I, I'm still kind of pissed about that, but <laughs> what, fine. what did your, uh, what did your parents teach you about kindness? My parents taught me about kindness. Well, my mom is a teacher um, and my dad um, has a master's in um, uh, special education. So I think kindness was always like a part of just like their vernacular, you know, like hmm. be, uh, be kind. And if hmm. you're not, if you fall short and you're not like own it and apologize and, you know, you know, being the bigger person is owning your, your mistake. Right. Hmm. Um, but yeah, kindness is always a part of their, their kind of like vocabulary with us. Uh, did you, or do you have any mentors? Are there any standout lessons from any mentors? Um, you know, there's great drag legends, um, who came long before drag was mainstream, like, um, Sherry Vine and, uh, Peppermint, who has since gone on to do Drag Race. And um, there are people who I really look up to um, and have kind of guided me a lot through my uh, career and life. Hmm. Is there um, some st- standout lessons on identity? What drag has taught you about your own identity or others' identities in, in life? Well, the best like drag lesson I think that I've learned, sorry, I'll let the truck go by for you. <laughs> um, the greatest lesson that I've learned is, is well, don't read the comments. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Uh, that's the greatest one. Um, uh, and also just, you know, everything is just like noise right? Like focus in on what brings you joy and everything else is just noise. And, and so that's what I try to do. It's like, what, what is going to bring me joy? What is going to allow me to bring joy, joy to others? And the rest is just, um, you know, noise. Just extra noise. Is there, uh, during this time, especially, you know, the pandemic and everything, we don't have to talk about that. Have there been any <laughs> changes that you've made that have increased positivity and decreased negativity during this time for you with <laughs> everything going on? Well, especially now that I'm not running for office anymore, so I don't have, like, these 16-hour <laughs> days of campaigning, I um, have enjoyed... Uh, I didn't sleep in for like two years because I was campaigning in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Um, and so now I just really like, I, I'll hit that snooze button real quick and be fine with it, you know, and just be like, okay, like, okay, I'm going to stay in bed five extra minutes and not beat myself up for it. Right. Right. I, that, I know like, that, that gets me. <laughs> Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> Big increase in positivity. <laughs> yeah, well, because it allows me, I think it's important, like, we we spend so much time, you know what it is? Okay, so my sister-in-law and her kids and family live in um, the Netherlands, and we talk to them a lot about, um, like, work-life balance. And in America, it's like, if you're not working 80 hours a week, 
and like killing yourself for your job, you're not successful. And that is such a, like a, like that's such BS, you know, like I love the idea of a four day work week for people, higher wages and paid sick leave and paid time off and hazard pay and childcare and all those things. But also like we need to prioritize our mental health care and our spiritual health care as well. And so for me, it's like, you know what, if I can like do this email from bed, I'll do it. You know, I'll go to the, I go, I, I started going to the gym, but I, when I used to go to the gym in my twenties, I'm, I'm in my mid thirties now, when I used to go to the gym, oh my God, I'm in my mid thirties now. Oh, I used to go to the gym when I was in my twenties a lot. And I would do it because I want it to be like a certain weight and look a certain way in a picture and all this stuff. And now I go to the gym because it, if I only do 10 minutes, <laughs> great. If I do an hour and a half, great. But I do it because it makes me feel spiritually good. It's no longer about like the other stuff. So that, so those are things that I think help positivity is finding ways to help support your, not just mental health, but your, your spiritual health, which I don't think is something people talk about a lot. Yeah. Is that so spiritual health? Do you meditate? Is there text you refer to daily? Is it just well, an awareness? Yeah, one of the things that that I really love, I'm in a so I'm in a program of recovery. I I, I have been for almost eleven years, and um, I love uh, reading the little daily reflections book. Uh, but there's all this also this queer. It's sitting around here somewhere. Um, but I uh, there's this like queer guide to like sobriety daily reflection book that I have, hmm. and I love it because um, it's just a great reminder like each day is like a different lesson or whatever right Mm -hmm. and it's just a great reminder um for me as a a check-in and uh so that's I'm a bad meditator I I'm a bad meditator I don't know if there's a right or wrong way to meditate but I when I try to meditate which I do I do I do I do meditate daily but it 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 just kind of my my brain gets jumbled so I had a friend tell me years ago which is a great piece of advice that I got. When you're meditating, imagine a river with all these barges floating down it and you're just putting the thoughts, your thoughts that are keeping you distracted while you're meditating, put one thought on a barge and send it down the river. Put the next thought on the barge and send it down the river and it helps you clear your your mind. That does. (laughs) Yeah, it's really helpful. It's really great. That's really helpful. And are you, the daily practice of that is like, you try and do like five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes. Or oh my that... God. Like I'm happy if I do three, three but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. but you know, like everybody's practice is different. And I think it's just like, for me, just finding those moments to pause, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. And you brought up such a great point with the work-life balance. And I want to talk about that a little bit further for a moment. How has that uh, evolved for you in terms of, is it just daily? Have you planned more trips <laughs> to go somewhere away or anything in particular? Um, well, I, I, I have a really interesting like schedule because I do drag full time. I, I, 
am the show director for two nightclubs in New York. I still have a very active political life since my campaign. Mm. Um, but one of the things is Blake, my, my husband, uh, has got me on the routine of after, um, when I'm home, if I'm working at 11 PM, it's different, but right. when I, like if I'm at work at the nightclub, but when I'm home after 11 PM, I can't reply to any emails or, uh, or work-related texts. If a friend texts me, that's different, but like mm. any, any work-related texts or emails, like it's 11 o'clock. It, it can be done tomorrow. It can be, nothing's going to be solved right? at that time. So that's a great work-life balancing for me. And also setting boundaries in the sense of um, if I'm not available, I'm not available. And like, the the city's not going to burn down because I'm not available for an hour. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's such a, that's such a higher altitude way of looking at it, you know, because you're having a whole, you're getting to see the whole picture more. It's like, yeah. what is really important in life? What do you really want out of life? <laughs> and the yeah, I don't want to like be on my deathbed and look back at my life and be like, Oh my God, I was answering emails all day. You know, I want to look back at my life and be like, oh my God, I had a really fun time. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening. 